Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. And let's pray this prayer together. Say, all over South Africa, from Cape Town to Namibia, Botswana, wherever we are gathered. And, uh, you know, I want to say to all the people in Africa, because sometimes you say, Pastor, you talk about South Africa. It's a critical year in South Africa. And what's happening in South Africa is going to affect the whole of Africa. So please, all my brothers and my sisters watching tonight from every country all over Africa, pray with us this year. We will pray for your nation as well. But pray for us. This is a critical year for us, for God to move in South Africa. So come on, this is our time. This is one of the greatest moments in this country. And it's, it's, it's balanced on a knife edge. And we know it's going to go God's way, not the devil's way. It's going to go God's way, not the devil's way. Come on, okay? Okay, just lift your hand tonight and say, Father, we ask you for a sovereign move in South Africa. We pray for revival. We pray that your kingdom come and your will be done as you predetermine, as it is in the heavens, so it will be in South Africa. We know, Father, you are still in control and our future is secure because you said, I know the thoughts I think toward you, thoughts of peace and not of evil. We thank you, Father, to give us a future and a hope. Therefore, we bring South Africa, we bring the future of South Africa, we bring the elections, and we put it in your hands. And we ask you, Father, let your will be done for the glory of the name of Jesus. For the glory of the name of Jesus. Have your way, Father, in our country. Move, Father, among our schools, our teenagers, our children, our students. Move, Father, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We ask this together. And your word says, whatever two or three agree on, as touching anything that they shall ask. It shall be done by our Father in heaven. We don't know how, but we know it shall be done by our Father who is in heaven. Therefore, we choose to glorify you and to give you the biggest praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, CRC, all over South Africa, giving praise. God, beantwoord ons gebede. We welcome all of you tonight, the many churches with us. Um, not going to say all of them, but there are tens of you with us tonight also on Praise TV. We welcome you, YouTube Live, CRC Online, uh, radio stations, um, people in Russia. We are excited, really. Pray for us for that crusade which is imminent in Russia. Also a huge invitation from India. That pastor this December had like a few hundred thousand people at his, Christ, uh, at his Christmas service. I thought, my word, I'm pastoring a home cell. He's got hundreds of thousands of people coming to his church in India on a weekly basis. That's amazing. God is moving all over the world. Come on. The devil is not in control. God is in control. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. We pray for Israel. We pray for Gaza, America. We welcome you. Europe, India, Pakistan, China, Africa, and Iran. We welcome you all tonight. Come on. Give somebody a big high five tonight and say, you have been chosen by God for a time such as this. Say it. 
And you may take your seats in the heavenly places tonight. What a great service we had this morning. The presence of God was here. I flew to Johannesburg, not on my broom, but in the anointing. And the power of God was there. And uh, I'm not preached up. I'm preached up. So uh, I want to talk to you about living the anointed life tonight. Because God's given us what the world doesn't have. And I think sometimes we look for answers in the wrong places and we forget what we have and who we have and we don't treasure what God gave us. And more than ever in our world, we need an anointed church, not a lukewarm church, a church on fire. And we need anointed Christians, those who have decided the cross before me, the world behind me. Is there anybody like this tonight in this place? So I want to talk about living the anointed life in 2024. Because God's anointing upon your life will bring weightiness, the glory of God, weight. And the weight of God's presence will bring favor and will bring breakthrough and will bring deliverance. The anointing of God's life will bring power. God's power upon your life will bring influence. Somebody say influence. The anointing of God upon your life will cause you to step into overflow in that which God has predestined for you. The anointing of God upon your life will bring life to the dead areas. Like Aaron's rod that was dead, it was placed in the presence of God and the rod began to bud. I tell you, what was dead will come alive. What was barren will produce fruit. This is your year, not by might nor by power, but by the Holy Ghost. Listen to me, listen to me. I I say this often when you get saved, don't lose your mind. But you can't live out of your mind. You need anointed common sense. You need anointed thoughts. You need to make anointed decisions. You need to live the anointed life. But we should live as the people on planet Earth with the unfair advantage. Understanding, recognizing, respecting, embracing, and living in the anointing. Something God gave us. Money can't give it to you. A university can't give it to you. Your father can't write it in his will and give it to you except your heavenly father who wrote it in his will, which is the Bible, amen. But this is a treasure that God gave to each believer and promised to each believer. Ezekiel 47 says, wherever the river goes or wherever God's presence goes, the anointing goes, there will be life. We know what happened in Obed-Edom's house when the Ark of the Covenant was placed in his house, how the Lord blessed him. He was not an Israelite, but because of God's presence, everything in his life was blessed. And David changed his mind because David was offended with God because Uzzah, or Uzzah, not Uzi, died because he tried to steady the ark of God, the move of God. Listen, never put your hand on the move of God. Never try to steady a move of God. And this goes deeper than just that verse in the Bible. It means you cannot steady your own life. You cannot make your own decisions. You cannot uh, 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 put what God has designed for you and you claim it for yourself. You have to respect God's purpose for your life because what Azad did, he stepped out of his grace. He stepped out of his calling and he touched which, which was not his to touch. And that means when you understand anointing, you will understand that you cannot step outside of your anointing because the anointing is holy. We say Holy Spirit. We sang tonight, Holy, Holy, Holy. We talk about the Holy Spirit. 
in Afrikaans die heilige geest. Dit beteken, God is heilig. Kijk, we may wear t-shirts, but we understand that the God that we serve is a holy God. The God that we serve is El Elyon. He's Elohim. Come on. He's King of Kings and He's Lord of Lords. He's high and He's lifted up. Come on. He still is the great I Am. He still is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And when we come into God's presence, we still come with a recognition that He is holy, holy, holy. The angels cry holy. The cherubim cry holy. The elders in heaven cry holy. And we on planet earth should cry holy come on someone lift your hands tonight and say holy 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 lord god almighty which was and is and is to come you say why is this so important because the power of god will flow from that place of holiness not religious works but recognizing who god is holy sanctified and that god gives His people the anointing, which is holy. I almost want to say who is holy because the anointing is vested in a person, Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. The anointed one is anointing and has been deposited into our lives by the person of the Holy Spirit. So when we become casual or familiar, we know this even in human terms, we say familiarity breeds contempt. When people become familiar, with one another. When people became familiar with Jesus, they no longer received what He carried, the anointing. So the anointing is something you have to understand. It's not something spooky or mystical. It is the gift that God deposited in us by the Holy Spirit after the ascension of Jesus Christ. It is God's validation upon your life, how God approved of Jesus of Nazareth, the Bible says, with signs, wonders and miracles. I'll tell you this, you will not succeed in life without the anointing. You will be smart and you will be sharp and you will get to a certain place in your life and other areas will fall apart. But when you live in the anointing, the anointing of God will empower you. The anointing of God will protect you. The anointing of God will guide you and lead you in all that God has for you. Say Amen tonight. Come on young people in Jesus name so you want anointed relationships you want people who treasure the anointing you don't want people uh, because they cool and uh, and 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 you think being cool is going to get you somewhere I'll tell you the anointing will take you where nothing else can take you I tell pastors all the time um, that you don't need money to start a church I tell business people the same you don't need money you need the anointing. That means you need a God idea. You need God's super painted upon your natural and that will cause you to live a supernatural life because whatever God ordains for you, whatever God appoints you for, God will anoint you for. But hear it again. I've seen it in ministry after 37 years. People look at somebody else, do something, they think I can also do it. Maybe not. You can only do what God designed you for, what God gifted you for. And God's only going to put His oil, His anointing on what He designed you for. That's why you have to discover yourself in Christ, then discover your I must. It doesn't mean He can, I can. You may be a brilliant salesperson in a company and you become envious of the CEO and you make a dumb statement like this, I do all the money or I do all the work, he gets all the money. No, he takes all the risk. He carries the pressure. He's designed, he does what you don't know. You do your part, he does his part. 
So stay in your lane or stay in your grace. Stay in what God has anointed you for. Do not step outside of the anointing and touch what is holy because God will not validate what He has not appointed you for. Are you listening to me tonight? The teaching where every Christian can be a billionaire is wrong. Where every person can just get up and in the name of Jesus do anything. It's not right. Paul the Apostle says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Meaning, if God predestined me for it, I can. Through Christ, the anointing. If God called me to it, I can. No matter how I feel. He says, I've been up, I've been down but I can fulfill this that God has called me for. Why? Because I'm anointed. I can do it through Christ. People have a t-shirt that says, I can do all things. No, you can't. I'll prove it to you. Go stand on that balcony. Don't, please, because I'm not resurrecting you for your foolishness. Jump over there and, and sing. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Do it. Let's see. Go. You better not because then you, you're crazy. So you can do what God has anointed you to do. And, 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 and people do things, they spiritualize it, but they never had a word from God in the first place. And then they struggle and flounder in life because it's, they don't have the oil to do that. Because if you have the oil, Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He doesn't mean there will not be storms. It, it means you will know what to do. You will have the power. You will have the ability. You will have the know-how. You will have the tenacity. You will have the endurance. You will have the wisdom. Because God's super is painted on. Oh, come on, on your natural. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Say tonight, I am anointed for a purpose. Say it. I say to uh, my hairdresser, and I mean, I must be one of her clients that sit there the shortest because there's three hair to cut. I said to her, I'm amazed at hairdressers because you really have to be called to do what you do. Because she's, she does it with, I think it's one of the most amazing things in the world. A hairdresser and a dentist, imagine that. If you're a dentist, respect. Having to look in people's mouths all day. And nobody likes to go to a dentist. How many of you like, love your dentist? Amen, we all do. How many of you like to go to your dentist? All of you. I spoke to the dentist association once. One of the doctors in our church invited me and I did uh, research and I saw that they the highest suicide rate among medical professionals because they experience constant rejection. Every person that climbs in that chair is like, I don't want to be here. I don't like you. You're going to hurt me. Right. They feel that rejection all the time. So a dentist has to be double anointed. I think they have the double portion of the anointing. And a hairdresser as well. My word, listening to... Luke chapter 4. One of our foundation scriptures in our Christian walk with God. You all need to know this. You must all be able to quote this. This is your assignment. This is your calling that overshadows everything else in your life. 
you have a part to play in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 and 19 as a doctor to bring healing. Psychologist, psychiatrist, physiotherapist, whatever medical field you are in, God has anointed you. You have an anointing to operate. You have to tap into it. You have an anointing to diagnose your patients. You have to tap into it. You, you do not diagnose people based on um, a formula. Experience, yes, but more than that, you have an unction. And we'll talk about it in a moment because I've seen the difference between great doctors and average doctors. A great doctor is the one who stepped, who, who tapped into the anointing, something on the inside. He hears the patient talking and he knows immediately what's wrong. I tell my pastors all the time as well, you can't go through a checklist when you counsel people. You have to listen to what they say, but you have to listen to your heart. You have to listen to what they say, but you have to listen with your heart. That's where the gifts of the Holy Spirit operate. You have to discern the challenge because people will never tell you the truth. They're never gonna to talk to you and say to you, I have a challenge, this is the challenge. No, they're gonna they're gonna talk out there. So you learn with experience to trust God on the inside. Like somebody comes, maybe you sell property and you know the person is not gonna buy the house. Don't waste your time any further, right? You have an unction, you have, you have an anointing to guide you into every area of life. Now, we're gonna talk about the anointing in two areas, the anointing for ministry upon you, and we're gonna pray for people, not tonight, and, and, and really, I'm waiting for the students to come back and really activate this generation in the power of the anointing for evangelism to change our world in Jesus' name. But as a businessman, you have an anointing to do what? To alleviate pain and suffering, it falls in there. Job creation, break the back of poverty. As a politician, you have an anointing to do what? Not to take money, you have an anointing to build our country. You have an anointing to bring hope to all the people of South Africa. Come on, say amen. As an educator, you have an anointing. You have an anointing to take ignorance from the minds of people, for my people perish for a lack of knowledge. As a sportsman, you have an anointing to give young people a hope, to give them a dream, to say, I was a nobody, but I became a soccer star, and I'll tell you, I come out of a squatter camp, and today I am where I am, not because I'm so great, I am where I am, because of the Lord Jesus Christ. He took me from being a nobody to becoming a somebody. Say amen in Jesus' name. So the anointing of God is God's power in your life, to empower you to live the life that He called you to live and to fulfill your assignment all the days of your life. So Luke 4 verse 18 and 19, this is Jesus making a statement. Yeah, we see everything change in the life of Jesus. After He's baptized and the Holy Spirit comes upon Him, we all have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, every believer. This is not a theological issue. This is a power issue. You cannot live this Christian life without the baptism and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Otherwise, you're going to be a carnal Christian, a fleshly Christian, and you're going to be controlled by your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. So he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you to do this tonight. You say, Pastor, you're asking us to do many things tonight, but I want you to do this. You know why? Because you believe yourself more than you believe me. Everything I say, depending on your makeup, how analytical you are, the filters in your mind are analyzing whatever I say like this. Filters. Okay. So God has to convince you to believe what He says. 
before you will ever do what God calls you to do. Because the person you believe more than anybody else is yourself, buddy, not even God. That's why you have to bow before the Lordship of Jesus and have the attitude, be it unto me according to thy will, O God. Believing that God knows better. Submitting yourself to the will and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Not sitting and beginning to have conversations that are maybe not planned, the, the plan of God for your life. Because you can talk yourself out of the lane of grace that God gave you. You can go do something that God never called you to do and you will then never have the power because God will not give you the power. You have to hear me, pastor, especially a businessman. God will never give you the power, the anointing for what He has not called you for. Otherwise, you are God and He's not. You sit on the throne and He doesn't. You make the decision and He doesn't. God calls you. Then it's a walk of faith. And as you are faithful with the grace you have, and as you steward your gift faithfully under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, He's going to increase you and multiply you and your influence will increase like Jesus. The Bible says His reputation increased, His favour increased, His stature increased, both in the sight of God and man. Why? Because Jesus stayed true to His assignment in life. Jesus stayed true to His one assignment in life and that was to be the Saviour of the world, to die for your sin and my sin. He could have given up His assignment in the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweated great drops of blood. It was emotional trauma for Him. It wasn't like happy, happy, happy days. It wasn't. He said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but thy will be done. So to stay in the center of God's will, you have to constantly pray that prayer of consecration because that's where the anointing will is. Not the prayer that makes you feel comfortable because I'll tell you, my brother and my sister, there was nothing comfortable about the years Jesus spent on this earth. He was persecuted. 11 attempts on his life, they tried to kill him. Think about that. Three and a half years, he changes the whole world, the known world, without social media. How? By the power of the anointing. I tell you what, if the anointing of God's upon your life, God will supernaturally increase you. God will supernaturally give you favour. One client is going to be so blessed, that client is going to go and talk to other clients and the presence of God, come on, the presence of God is going to draw the favour of God and it's going to draw the, the abundance and the overflow of God in your life in the name of Jesus. So we have to stop. And I'm not saying don't mark it. I'm not saying don't be smart and brilliant. Um, etc. I'm saying you have to rely more upon the anointing because the Bible says not by might nor by power. When he talks to Zechariah, he says, the same hands who laid this foundation will put on the step, capstone of grace, step, capstone with shouts of grace, grace. And in between he says, not by might nor by power. That means not by human effort alone. He doesn't say not with any human effort. He says, but you're going to finish your life not merely through willpower and through tenacity those things come by the power of the Holy Ghost. You will finish what God called you to do with shouts of grace, reliant upon the grace of God by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen in Jesus' name. So if, 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 we, if, if, we, if we start living absent of God's anointing in our lives, we, we, we begin to wane. John chapter 15, right? I mean, when Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing, He doesn't say you can't brush your teeth without Him. Because you can you dressed yourself tonight, right? 
Maybe you should ask your wife next time to dress you because you're not color-coded. So the anointing to live this life, wonderful rain. Say, say, as the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, say it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, say it. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, say it. Well, if it's not the Spirit of the Lord, what spirit is on you? What's controlling you? Spirit of what? It's a question while I take a drink. Spirit of anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness. Huh? What spirit is controlling you? So you have to get to the place where you can say this every day of your life. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And there's a reason. Not to have a goosebump. Because He has anointed me. Say it tonight. Because you believe yourself more than you believe me. Say, I am anointed. Say it. Say it again. I am anointed. Say it. Say it a third time. Say, I am anointed. Now, what does that mean? I told you. You are empowered. You are endowed to do, because he says, I am anointed. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to. You have to find your to to understand your anointing. And there is no insignificant to. When, 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 when people never find their to do, they live with self-doubt. Because they try this, they try that, they try that. If you do not know what your to-do is, do not attempt what you want to attempt until God activates you the to-do in your heart. Because God's going to anoint the to-do because that is His purpose for you. So when, 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 when young people and the students aren't here, um, when, when you 16, 17, you think about your career, it really is a difficult decision. It, it, sometimes we grow up and we forget how tough it is for a 16-year-old, 17-year-old, 18-year-old to think about what am I going to do with my life? That's a huge deal, right? Because it's the rest of your life. And then you find out as you talk to people, most people don't do what they studied. Because your daddy said, you're going to get a degree whether you like it or not. And you said, no, 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 no. You didn't. You said, okay, as a good child, yes. But Jesus is 12, before 12, and he understands when they come back from the feast in Jerusalem and his parents for three days actually don't even realize he's with them. That's good parenting, right? It's in your Bible. Because they all traveled together in community. Then they realized, hey, where's Jesus? Three days later, where's my boy? He's in the clubs. No, Jesus wasn't in the clubs. Jesus was in the temple. So his mother goes to him and says, ah, we've been worried about you, Jesus. He says, what, don't you know? I should be about my father's business. So he's, he's 12 years old and he understood, not because he's born of the Virgin Mary. He, he, he didn't have a halo and he didn't glow. He, he, he was raised by his mother. And I don't try to say this disrespectfully. People have this idea that Jesus was a little Superman, that Jesus flew and Jesus made clay pigeons and they all flew. And he was just, no, 
He was perfect God, but he lived in a human body. I'm not trying to minimize Jesus. Lamb, the sinless offering, because sin is transferred from men into their children. The sin nature that we all are, that we're all born into, comes from the father, not the mother. Yes, man, you're not as great as you think. You made that little devil. You, when you made your wife pregnant, you made that little sinner, not your wife. Your wife just carried that little sinner. But the Bible says we all sin and fallen short of the glory of God. So that sin nature is transferred from the seed of the man. So because Adam wasn't deceived, Eve was deceived. Adam knew exactly what he did. He sold out and he became the sinner. And that's why God had to bring a second Adam or a lost Adam, a sinless Adam, born of a virgin who could come and redeem us and be the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. That's why he had to have a different father. He could not have an earthly father. He needed seed that doesn't come from a man. He needed seed from the living father. And that was the Word of God, a seed that was deposited by the angel into the womb of Mary. And she fell pregnant. Think about that. She was a young girl of about 14 years old. You can study the Bible. She was an ancient. Mother Mary was a young woman. Hello. Later on, she became an older woman. But she was a young girl. And she knew the Word of God. And when the angel spoke to her, I say this to say to young people, you better figure it out while you are still young. You can't act like every other young person confused, spending seven hours a day on social media. You have to get serious about your own life. If Jesus at the age of 12 could say, I have to be about my father's business. If his mother at the age of 14 could say, be it unto me according to thy word, O God, then you too should be a person, a young person that would say, Father, not my will be done, but thy will be done. Work in me, show me what you want me to do with my life. And I promise you, the Holy Ghost is going to show you in Jesus' name. As a matter of fact, when you look at Jesus, he grew up in, in, in Joseph's house, who was his earthly father, actually adopted him, much older man than, than uh, Mary. And uh, he took uh, Mary out of uh, Bethlehem and Jerusalem and Nazareth to protect her reputation. You, you get that? Because how can you be pregnant if you've not been with a man? He had to believe. And then the angel appeared to him, right? And said, go to Egypt. And God spoke to him. And Jesus is born. And Jesus grows up. He has to be fed as a child. Am I now distorting your theology here today? Because if you don't understand this, you will not understand um, why he needed to be anointed. And you won't understand why you need to be anointed. Because you act like you have it all and you're not anointed. And Jesus Himself, who is both God and man, Jesus Himself, who is the Son of God, Jesus Himself, who is the Word of God, left His deity. Do you understand what it, what it means? He left His power, authority, deity, left it. And He was born as a fragile child. And He had to be raised and fed by His mother. You get that? He wasn't born Superman. And he never eaten anything. He worked with his father. He was a carpenter. He learned the skills of life. 
That's the Jesus that you serve. He studied the Scriptures because until the age of 30, you could not enter the office of a rabbi. Some of you want to be apostles. You are 23 years old. Listen, an apostle is a senior ministry in the body of Christ. You're not an apostle when you are 20 or 23 years old. It is the most senior ministry in the body of Christ. You grow up into that office. You're not going to be a top surgeon when you are 23 years old. You are not going to be a top judge when you are 23 years old. You first have to be an attorney or an advocate. You first have to practice. You first have to prove yourself. And then you will be elevated as you stay true to your journey. Same as business, except if you inherit money and you squander your daddy's money and you live a life that he never would have lived himself. Different story. But for the rest of us, we get ahead in life by staying the course and by staying true to the one assignment God gave you. And by respecting the anointing and the power that God gives you for that one assignment. Are you listening? Is there a question up at this point? Did I um, distort your picture now of Jesus as a child? Huh? Jesus was a man, perfect man. Why? Because he was born sinless. Why did he need to be born sinless? Because in the old covenant, it had to be an unblemished lamb. They chose a lamb. Sinless spotless and that lamb had to be slaughtered for the remission of sin for the covering of sin not for the removal of sin Jesus removed sin that's why every year they had to slaughter a lamb again for the atonement of the sins of the people but this man after he offered his body once sat down and the Bible says at the right hand of God and forever has perfected those who are being sanctified. Come on, thank the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, come on, man. Thank Him for the offering. Thank Him for what He did for you. Thank Him for the price He paid for you. He stayed true to His assignment when John the Baptist saw Him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Everybody had an opinion. Some said, You're Elijah. Some said, John the Baptist. He said to Jeremiah, He said, But who do you say I am? He knew who He was. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus never doubted Himself. And I want to tell you, my brother, you can never doubt yourself. Never doubt your assignment. Never try to fulfill somebody else's assignment. Find your assignment and then get the anointing for your assignment and stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. Stop jumping around looking for something better. The anointing of God will bring increase and fruitfulness and expansion and favor in your life. But you've got to stay the course. Are you listening to me in Jesus' name? This anointing is designed by God to empower you. When you operate in the anointing, that anointing will cause the increase supernaturally. Because that then is for the glory of God. Are you listening? So find your assignment. If you don't have it this year, at least find your assignment in life. Because there can be no confidence outside of your assignment. Paul could say, I can, because he understood his assignment. People say, I can, but they live in a place of confusion. So I ask people all the time, what is your I can? Uh, no, pastor, tell me. Excuse me, hello? Even my kids, I taught them. 
I, I'm not going to tell you your I can. I may be your daddy, but I am just your temporal daddy. Your heavenly daddy is God your Father. You just come through me. I made you the sinner. Jesus made you the, 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 the saint. You have to find your assignment. You have to get into the presence of God. God doesn't have grandchildren. You don't serve God through me. I may have my relationship. I discovered my I can, my I must. But Angelique, what is your I can? What is your I must? Marnu, what is your I can, I must? Well, then get anointed and get on with it. I said, then get anointed and get on with it. I said, then get anointed and get on with it. Don't sit there like you're not anointed. Don't sit there and you flounder and, and, and you don't flourish in life. Get your I can because your I can is God's calling for your life and the I can will cause you to flourish in life. I did not say overnight, did I? That's where people get it wrong. There's a miracle anointing here tonight and there may be. I don't know. One person might get a miracle. I don't know. But for the rest of us, we live out of that anointing. Line upon line, precept upon precept. It is a journey. But at least we should have progress. The anointing of God upon our lives should be visible. The increase in our lives should be visible. Herein is my Father that you glorify that you produce much fruit. So, so this is not a mystery. If I am in my anointing, the hairdresser, I am energized by what I do. That is supernatural, right? Say amen. Because I, I think we make the anointing something like God must do everything and, and, and we take no responsibility. It doesn't work like that. Jesus took full responsibility. It cost him his life to fulfill his mandate. And so it should you. It costs you everything, laying your life down for your to do or your I must. So he says, I've been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Why do they talk about Nazareth? Because they talk about his, his birthplace, not his birthplace, but where he grew up, and I've been there. I mean, Nazareth, Nazareth, if you've ever been there, is a place not bigger than our church. It's a little place. Because when I read that, he stood up in the synagogue, I thought it's like a massive auditorium. It wasn't. It was this little building. And, and he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is where he proclaims. He says, I'm going to change the world from yeah, Without a television camera. He says, I'm going to change the world. I'm the Messiah. I am the sent one. I'm the anointed one. I'm the appointed one. You may not like me. And by the way, after... He announced this, they tried to kill him. But his time had not come. Don't think when you announce your assignment, everybody's gonna stand there and say, hip people rah, hip people rah, hip people rah. No, my, there's gonna be the naysayers and the haters, and there will be those who tell you who you are not. Your whole life, people are gonna tell you who are you are not. That's why you better find out who you are before they doubt the sherb and tell you who you are not. You better know. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to be a doctor, an engineer, an architect, an educator. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. No matter what people think about you, when you operate in the anointing of God, you are unstoppable in the name of Jesus Christ. No devil in hell can stop what God has for you. If you live in the anointing, you are unstoppable. Nobody can stop you.
So he went about doing good. Anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went. You can't be anointed and you sit as a businessman. When you're anointed, you go. It's like, I, I, let me stay in my lane, pastors. It's like, you talk to pastors, say, I'm waiting for a word of the Lord. Uh, what do you mean by that? No, I'm waiting. Waiting for what? Now, understand. We should be going and then Acts chapter 16, the Holy Spirit stopped them from going there, did not permit them to go there. Then they got a vision. But at least they were going. They were busy because you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So when you are anointed, you go. And the only person who can stop you is the Holy Ghost himself. And he's not going to stop you to a dead halt. He's going to deviate you to where he wants you more. So not that client, that client. He talks to you through spontaneous thoughts. There are many ways we have to talk about these things. Because sometimes we get these thoughts and we just put them aside. My pastor taught me a short pencil is better than a long memory. So when I get a spontaneous thought, Andre knows when I'm in the gym, um, I can talk to people in any conversation. When God begins to talk to me, I become rude. I say, just give me a moment and I write down everything that God drops in my spirit. Because that can happen anytime because I'm joined to the Lord. Amen. It's not I go pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now God talk to me. God can talk to me anytime. When I train, He talks to me. When I drive in my car, He talks to me. And I will pull off and I'll write down the notes. Because you think you're going to remember, but you're not going to remember. You have to capture the manner, the word that God gives you. So He's anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power and He went about. You can't sit around. You have to be about what? Your assignment. Uh, too many people are wasting too much time busy with things that are not part of their assignment. You have to know your assignment and be committed to your assignment and be busy with your assignment. Now, there's always things that we have to do, the menial, but you, re you really have to give at least 80% of your time with your assignment. You have to know what it is. And then you have to operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if you're floundering and you say that's your assignment, then how? So you, you have to get busy. You have to lower the net. You have to launch out. If God said business, then just do something. Go sell a plastic bag. Do something. You're anointed. I said you are anointed. You are anointed. If you're an educator and you feel timid, God says, I've not given you the spirit of fear, but power, love and a sound mind. Open your mouth. I will fill it. Just go open your mouth. God will give you the words to speak in the name of Jesus. You're unhappy about something in your school. Make an appointment with a principal. Your knees can be having fellowship with one another. Your butterflies can be flying all over in your tummy. It doesn't matter. When you walk into that place, God says, do not think about what you will say because your Father in heaven will give you the very, very words you will speak and you submit to the anointing of God, the presence of God, and God's going to give you the word and you are going to confound the wise because of the anointing God's supernatural ability upon your life which far supersedes anything you can accomplish in the natural Amen Are you listening to me tonight? Mm -hmm. We can never run out of oil family 
Gee my olie in my lamp, hou my brandend. Gee my olie in my lamp, lamp, hoe gaan het verder, weet ek nie. Give me oil. In my lamp, yes, I can translate that as well, thanks. Give me oil in my lamp. Give me oil, oil, oil. It doesn't matter what Elon Musk decides and what these politicians decide about no fracking of oil. The church needs the oil. They don't want the oil. We want the oil. You understand what I'm saying? We need to be full of the Holy Ghost. We need to operate by the anointing. We need to be full of oil. Our engines are designed for oil. We have to be filled with oil. We have to live filled with oil. We have to refill ourselves all the time. We have to make sure that the oil is pure, untainted. We have to protect the oil or the engine will cease and you will come to a grinding halt. So you cannot run out of oil. You cannot disrespect oil. My car tells me you need oil. And sometimes it's, it's the worst place ever. I don't know why they make these new cars like this. It's not like you need oil a thousand kilometers from now. It's like you eat, need oil now. 200 kilometers and then you're between nowhere and nowhere and now you need oil and then they tell you if you don't you damage the engine a lot of you are damaging yourself because you're operating in soul power you're not operating in the anointing you have to step back into the river back into the anointing you have to live rely listen to me live reliant on god's grace and god's presence again oh listen to me in the name of jesus christ you have to get back 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 to treasuring the anointing and allowing the anointing of God to come all over your life and 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 uh, just fill you up. Amen. Amen. Because when things get all difficult, etc., you're either busy with the wrong thing, the wrong assignment, or you've run out of oil. Which is it? In the early church, when they got weary, they ran to God and they cried out to God and God filled them up again and refreshed them. But, and, and they were strengthened immediately. And then they went out preaching the world again, uh, preaching to the world again, shaking the world, turning the world upside down for Jesus Christ. And yes, the amazing thing, when the, the leaders brought them and persecuted them and threatened them not to preach the gospel, is an amazing scripture in the Bible because they were ignorant men. They were unlearned men. They were not like the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees that were the most educated people. But they had what the Pharisees, Sadducees did not have. They had what? Power. And where did that power come from? It says it right in the Bible. It says they perceived that they were learned and ignorant, unlearned and ignorant people. But they perceived that they had been with Jesus. Because the miracle they did, they could not do through mental ascent. And the miracle is your business. The miracle is being that doctor. The miracle is being that educator. The miracle is keeping on. The miracle is raising those children. It's not always spectacular, but it's supernatural. And it is going to happen by the power of the anointing. And that anointing comes from one place. That is the person and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. By sanctifying God in your heart and by drawing close to Jesus and by drawing that anointing into your heart and into your life and living sensitive to that. John chapter 4, wellspring of life. John chapter 7, river of living waters will flow from your, river, uh, your, your belly, right? He spoke about the Holy Spirit. Living sensitive to what you have, the treasure, the anointing, God's gift to you, God's endowment, God's empowerment. 
When you run out of that oil, you will run out of power. You will run out of influence. You will run out of favor. So I'm trying to simplify this to say to you, you have to, like Jesus, He is our example. You have to study His life. You have to imitate His life. You have to pursue what He did. And it starts when He's 12 years old after His birth. And then we read about Him when He's 12. And He understands, I have an assignment. Samuel, he's a boy under the age 12 and God wakes him up three times four times, three times, Samuel, Samuel, he thinks it's Eli because he doesn't know the Word of God. He doesn't know the voice of God. And he runs to Eli. And then a second time, a third time, then Eli says to him, when you hear that voice again, say, your servant hears God. Speak, O God, your servant hears. I'll tell you this, my family. God's talking to us all the time. I'll say it again, family. God's talking to us all the time. We are listening. We need listening ears. Listening ears. That's why Jesus always said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of God says. We need to keep ourselves in a place where we listen, where we listen to what God is saying. Because God's talking to us all the time. God's not deaf. God's not dumb. God's not an idol. God is a communicator. And Samuel goes and he says, Speak, Lord. And there the Hebrew word for Samuel, child is 12 years or younger. Think about that. And God talks to him about him being the next high priest and judgment coming upon the house of Eli because he never restrained his, sin, his sons from sinning at the altar. And God talks to him about his destiny. He's 12 years old and God talks to him. Let's acting. Let's stop acting like we don't have a relationship with God. Let's stop acting like God is not accessible. Let's stop acting ignorant. Like, I don't know. Let us really, as young people, draw into God's presence and not listen to every voice. Because I've, I've spoken to parents and I say, you're giving your kids too much information. You're confusing the heck out of them. Push them to God. I, I know you think you can do a better job than God, but you cannot, Daddy. Mm -hmm. Do I believe in people going to university? Absolutely. But get the right degree. And all knowledge is good because knowledge gives power, illumination, transformation. I understand all those things. But find out your I must and then become the best you where you are. You may be a little you now, but you're not going to stay a little you. You are going to grow up. Amen. Your, your wings are going to grow. You are going to fly one day. You are going to go places by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say amen tonight in Jesus' name. Because that's what God has predestined you for. But you have to live this life that Jesus did. And His ministry starts when John the Baptist uh, uh, baptizes Him. And John says to Him, you should baptize me. Jesus says, no, I have to set the pattern. You baptize me so all righteousness will be fulfilled. And He's baptized. He doesn't need to be baptized. He's not a sinner. But He does it for you and me to leave an example. And as He obeys His heavenly Father, John sees the heaven open and the Holy Spirit descend upon Him. And there the life of Jesus changes. He receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit. How do we think we're going to live this life without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives? 
because we are so enticed by the media and by everything in the natural that we actually forget we are spirit beings mastering the human experience. Not human beings mastering the spirit experience. We are first spirit beings and we have to recognize who we are spiritually and protect who we are spiritually and keep ourselves filled spiritually because your spirit is, is the lamp of the Lord. Your spirit is the place where God communicates. Your spirit is what will sustain you in a time of infirmity. But if your spirit is weak and your spirit is empty and your spirit has no fuel, you are not going to go through the storm that might be heading your way. You have to get yourself in the presence of God and get yourself filled up again and again and again and again just like your car you have to go to the petrol station and you have to put the fuel in you have to go for a service that is a church this is a church service your car needs a service as well your car needs a service you need a service we have to service you every Sunday we have to service you in the home cells service you spiritually all the time so you can stay on track and filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Oh, say amen tonight if you receive the word in Jesus' name. Come on, give Him a praise in this place. Hallelujah. Give Him a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. I was, I was in Botswana doing mission work. I was in my early 20s. And uh, it's the one time my pastor went with me. And I mean, he taught me to pray. And I'll never forget. Um, one night we in uh, deep in Botswana, uh, ministering to Bushmen and made a fire and didn't stay in these fancy camps, stayed in like a Tremon tent, tents. And, and he's there around the fire, not going, ooh, la, 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 la. He's going, he's around the fire and he walks up and down and says, and he quotes Luke chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. And initially, I got offended. Yes, I did. I thought, who are you? To say you're anointed. And I was listening to him. I knew Jesus was anointed. But he was saying what Jesus said about himself. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me that in John 20, 21, Jesus said, as my Father sent me, so sent I you. The same calling that was upon Jesus, upon us. He gave us. So, 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 so when you live in a place of doubt, you will never, ever say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. You will not be able to say it confidently because you don't know what God called you to do. So yes, the assignment... Luke 4 verse 18 and 19 is all of our assignment, all of our role to play in that. But we're not all going to quit our jobs and uh, go out into the mission field. As a matter of fact, you are a missionary wherever God has placed you. Your world is your mission field. God has placed you there. You don't need to quit your job. God needs you in your job to be His missionary. Missionary means sent one, right? He says, Father, I do not pray that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the world. As my Father sent me, so sent are you. So your world is where God has placed you. It's your place of impact, your place of blessing, your place of growth. Your job, listen, I can't overemphasize it, is extremely important. The Afrikaans said it more in Ecclesiastes, said it, God hou jou bezig met die deugde van jou hart. Deugde. Jou i. Jou werk. Jou werk is a groot deel van jou leven. And, and, and in God's master plan, He has a place for each and every one of us. 
He places us in the body. Not just in the church so we can hallelujah, but in the body so we can fulfill our assignment, which is what? The ministry of reconciliation. Second Corinthians 5 verse 18. God's given to us the ministry of reconciliation that Christ is dwelling in us, the anointing. Pleading through us, be reconciled. So as an educator, where you are fulfilling your assignment as an educator, educating those children, part of your assignment is to reconcile those children to God and to one another. Breaking racial barriers, breaking social class barriers, that's part of your assignment, right? Bringing hope, healing to the people with the message and the anointing of Jesus Christ in your life. I ask you to take a step back. You want a year of overflow? It's going to happen God's way and in God's place for your life. If you are not persuaded yet of what you should do, and I've been there, I understand it, but I got saved not as a 12-year-old. When I got saved, I immediately cried out to God, what is it that you want me to do, Father? What is it that you want me? I actually used to cry out to God um, and pray this and say, if I cannot serve you, I don't even want to exist. So strong this passion in me was to serve God. I prayed it. I said, if I cannot serve you, I don't even want to exist. If I cannot serve you, I prayed it over and over and over and over again. Talk to me, Father. Show me, Father. I cried out to God. Then one night as I was uh, uh, kneeling at my bed, it was like liquid oil. God anointed me at my bed. And I changed that. After that day, everything about me changed. Everything. My prayer language, my personality, everything changed. But I cried out to God, always kneeling, and said, Father, anoint me, anoint me. What is it that you want me to do? Father, anoint me, anoint me. And I, I'm not talking about people just falling over in the Spirit. I'm talking about being anointed by God for purpose. And then you understand that purpose. And once you have that purpose, nobody can take it away from you. No one. You know you are called to be a doctor. And you're going to be a doctor for life. And you are going to be the best doctor. And you're going to be the most sensitive doctor. And you're going to be the most skillful doctor. And you're going to help people. And you are going to bring hope through being, oh, come on, man, through being a doctor. You're going to be a businessman. And you're not just going to make money for yourself or bigger houses, bigger cars. You are going to be a job creator. You are going to empower other people. You are going to pay fair wages. You are going to give profits out of your company for those people who work with you so that every life can be bettered. You want to live a life of purpose for the glory of God. Can I say amen in the name? Can you say amen tonight in Jesus' name? Not just live a life unto yourself, but living a life beyond yourself. That's how Jesus lived. And that's what the purpose of God will always do, will take you beyond yourself. And as you live this life, that's where you will find true fulfillment and joy. Because there's no joy when you focus just upon yourself, ever. It's, a, it's an endless pit that can never be filled. It's a void, a vacuum that cannot be filled. There's one person who can do that. His name is Jesus Christ. Nothing else can do it. Not another boyfriend, not another girlfriend, not another uh, job, not another whatever. You think if I have that, I'm going to be happy. Listen, there are people that have a hundred times more than what you think will make you happy. And they're unhappy. They're snorting cocaine. Yeah, I'm talking about professionals. We deal with it all the time. People in the highest levels that are snorting cocaine before they go operate in the operating theaters, etc. Uh, Noretta went in for a surgery once and... Um, the matron was in our church and she says to me, Pastor, you have to pray. I say, why? She says, three of these doctors operating on your wife now are snorting cocaine. I said, that's okay. God's going to protect her. Yes. That's reality. I'm not judging people. I'm saying to you, it's reality. Because they have nowhere else to turn to. Nowhere. They don't operate out of a, a reservoir or a river. 
They need something to sustain them. And if it's not Jesus Christ, there's going to be something else. And this anointing is designed by God never to run dry. Never. Say amen. Never. So we come to be filled and refilled and refueled and filled and refilled and refueled and filled and refueled and again and again and again and again and again. We are being serviced. We are a work in progress. We are His workmanship. God is working in us. So we have to treasure what God has given us. Grow in the things of God. And, and, and if, you, if you have floundered, take a step back to when last you heard God speak. It's not too late. Moses messed up for 40 years. Then God still came to you. And God said, I haven't given up on you, Moses. You are still my man. Although you preempted, although you relied on the flesh, although you killed the Egyptian, because it was in him to be a deliverer. So he kills an Egyptian. He runs for his life. He hides for 40 years. You see when Jethro's daughter come, how he protects her at the water hole. He's a deliverer, naturally. That's who he is. But then God finds him at a place where he's so low on confidence that he doesn't want to do anything. And he has a debate with God. And he tells God, I cannot, I will not send somebody else. Abnegation. God says, no. By gifts and calling God without repentance. God says, no. Your best days are ahead. God says, no. You will fulfill all I have for you. Caleb, 85 years old, you are still going to climb your last mountain. You are still going to conquer. Your greatest battle is still ahead of you and your greatest victory is still ahead of you. Say amen tonight. Come on. In the name of Jesus, no matter how long the delay, your greatest days are ahead of you. Your best days are ahead of you. Shout amen tonight. Come on in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear my oily and my lamp. Oh, my Brandon. Hear my oily. Hear my oily. Hear my oily. Waar kom die oily vandaan? Van die teenwoordigheid van Jesus Christus. The person of Jesus. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving, please, at this time. In all our churches, all over South Africa. Maybe you are here tonight, you've never given your life to Jesus. I don't know. I'm going to tell you, my friend, that God loves you and God has a purpose for you. If you were the only person alive in this world, Jesus would have died for you. You matter. And when you find yourself in God, you will find your purpose. And everything about you will be different. Because this world specializes at putting people down. Sin does it. People do it. Life does it. But then Jesus comes, the liberator, the savior, to lift you, to cleanse you, to heal you, to forgive you. Don't give up on yourself. Don't walk away from God. You're sitting here tonight there in Bloemfontein in Johannesburg, Durban, Cape Town, Potchefstroom, Gaborone, Wintook, in a church all over South Africa, watching on live stream, television. God's not abandoned you. Maybe you have abandoned Him. I don't know. He's waiting for you with arms open wide, calling you to come home tonight come back. Like that prodigal son who came to his senses, he said, I will return to my father's house. No one can make that decision for you. Only you can. But you have to realize I'm not in a good space. I'm not in a good place. That means honesty. That means opening your heart before God and realizing I'm not living where I should or as I should. I want to get right with God. Can I pray for you tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed. In all our churches tonight, you say, yes, that's me. I really, at the start of 9, 20, 
24, need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I need God in my life. If that's your desire tonight, if that's you, quietly, wherever you are, raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. Lift it up. Don't think about it. Raise it. God bless you. Many hands. God bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up. Thank you at the back. All those hands. God bless you. Bless you. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. There's a heaven to gain a hell to shun, man. You can run from God or you can run to Him. Jy sit vanavond, jy het nie geloof sekerheid nie. God praat met jou vanavond. Hoe weet jy? Hier is iets wat binnen jou hart gebeur. Hier is roering binnenkant in jou hart. Dit is Godse, Godse geest wat met jou werk. Wat jou oortuig om jou leven recht te maak met Jesus. Nee, die hart sluit nie. Open your heart tonight. Say yes. Before I pray, you've not yet raised your hand. Forget your friend next to you. And tonight you say, I want to surrender my life to Jesus. If you haven't raised your hand, raise your hand now in Jesus' name. Quickly, raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Raise it up now. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you up there. God bless you. Raise it up. God bless you. It doesn't matter what people think. You know, sometimes people walk in church, a husband and a wife. God talks to the wife and not to the husband. And then she feels intimidated or the other way around, etc. That's why Jesus says, when he comes, two will be in the same bed. One will be taken. You serve God. If your husband doesn't want to serve God, say saak is say saak. Maar jou verhouding met die Heere staan ver boe, jou verhouding met jou man. En as jou verhouding met die Heere reg is, gaan jy die man hanteer met absolute liefde en respect. But you protect your relationship with God more than anybody else. Nobody, no human being, that's why we pushed back in COVID, has the right to interfere in our walk with God. No parent has the right to interfere with their child. They'll give account to God. No spouse has the right to interfere with their spouse concerning their walk with God. No man. Well, look, I come from Bloomington. It's good to see all those great college blazers. Um, I was in that great school, great, great college for 12 years. Okay, so it's my school die. I was head boy there in primary school. So then I lost my way in high school. Lekkerne. This is what Sonde doen. Sonde vat jou vandaar. Sonde so, uh, and Jesus fat you from da, na da. Sonde fat you from da, na da. Jesus fat you from da, na da. Amen. I want to encourage you, uh, um, spend a lot of time praying in the Holy Ghost. Satan will try and take everything out of your life that releases power. Uh, a pastor is bringing people into membership. Don't rush the Holy Spirit, baptism, etc. It's a concern to me because it really is, 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 a, is, a, is an encounter people should have with God and they should have a full understanding um, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what it does and the importance of praying in, in their heavenly language. Uh, well, I think my brother and I both in business, me, a ministry, we discovered um, God's will reading the Bible, obviously, going to church, but then praying in the Holy Ghost. I'd pray at least three hours a day in the Holy Ghost, at least, praying tongues. And, and the more I pray in tongues, and the more I prayed in tongues, the more God's will was revealed within, because it's God who works in you, both to will and do His good pleasure. You can't just do this like, you have to seek the Lord. Have to. Have to pray sin. And you know, the Bible says when you, when you pray in a tongue, your spirit prays. Your mind is unfruitful. But then the Holy Spirit gives you the interpretation of what you pray for. 
And, and that's why you see, if you, you talk in any church about uh, um, the things Satan would hate you to talk about, it's this, one of these things. Because he wants to keep people out. So the people who will attack you when you talk about spiritual things are the religious people. Because they don't have no power. And they don't want anybody else to have power. And they're blind leaders of the blind. So when you talk about praying in tongues, they will attack it because it's a gift that Jesus gives to the church. You are not going to discover God's will if you're not a tongue-talking, tongue-praying believer. You say, I don't agree with that. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to you. Um, I don't want to say more because this is going to sound wrong. But I think... um, we need to bring this back in our Sunday services because my concern really is that um, in the new membership classes and sometimes how we do things, it's so watered down that people don't understand the significance of what God actually gives to us. And if, past, if a pastor is not a prayer and, and, and has never encountered God in a certain way, he's never going to help you to encounter God in a certain way. So it's too important this. The anointing. The presence of God. Your heavenly prayer language. Your communication. How you live. You're driving your car. You sit in traffic for an hour. Put on your, um, your things so people don't think you're crazy. I didn't have that privilege because people thought I was crazy because I'd always be talking in my car like, and not soft. You understand? I'm not, uh, I'm not soft. I would go like, I praise the Lord. Sometimes close my eyes. Yes, I did. Somebody's driving me once and I, I was praying. I say, hey, open your eyes. I forgot I was driving. I was getting caught up in the anointing. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, talking less to people and more to God. Praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, filling that oil. Be not drunk with wine, we're in excess. Ephesians 5 is 8 and 90, but be filled. Be being filled, be continually filled. Speaking to yourself in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. It's refreshing, Isaiah says. It's what God gave you. So don't neglect spiritual things. Practice yourself unto godliness. And, 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 and if you were just talking tongues, many things are just going to change in your life. It's just going to fall off of you. Your brain tongues, your desires are going to change. Temptation is going to change. Your brain tongues. Be a tongue-talking believer. Mark 16. Jesus promised, these signs shall follow them that believe. Don't listen to those religious people who have no power. Pray in tongues. Don't be embarrassed for what God gave you. Amen. Amen. God loves you, each one of you. It's a privilege to pray with you in all our churches. Reach your hands out to them. Come on. We care and love for every person in this church. And pray this prayer tonight. You matter to God and tonight... There's a new step in your journey with God as you surrender your life to Him or as you surrender more to Him tonight. So pray this. Even in your seat where you are tonight, you can pray God hears you in your seat tonight as well. Pray this prayer right now. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender all to You. I open my heart and I invite You to take Your rightful place as my Lord and Savior 
thank you that you came into this world as my Savior. You died for all my sin and you rose from that grave and you are alive. Tonight, I call upon your name and I ask you, Jesus Christ, wash me in your blood. Give me the power to live for you. Tonight, I repent. I turn away from an old life and I turn back to you. And I ask you, take your place in Jesus' name. I receive forgiveness and I receive your presence into my life right now. I'm free. Thank God I'm free in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.